Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Work in a fallen world weakens and wounds us. The woman has sorrow in conception. The ground brings forth thorns and thistles for the man. By the sweat of his brow, he scratches for bed, for bread, or in Peter's case, fish. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. You've had the same experience, working hard for something only to come up empty. You know what follows. You're worn down, ready to quit. Jesus often gives weird instructions, bizarre commands. There's no earthly reason for it to work. Thus it was when Jesus tells Peter to let down the nets in the deep water. That's not the way it's done. I know where to fish. I know when to fish. This is what I do for a living. Tend to your preaching, Jesus. But that's not what Peter says. He relents. He does what Jesus says. And that's an important part of being a Christian. We follow the word of Jesus even when the benefit isn't obvious at the moment. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And suddenly, he who separated the seas from the dry land, he who commands the winds and the waves, who created the great sea creatures to play in the ocean, that one commands school upon school to swim into Peter's nets. Now Peter's despair turns to terror. He has too many fish. When we get what we want, it can destroy us. The boats begin to sink. Their greatest dreams, a windfall, now destroying them. But that's not Peter's real problem. Peter now sees himself for who he really is. He is unworthy. Depart from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. That's the story of mankind, even among the great figures in Scripture. The Bible doesn't gloss over the failures and problems of the apostles or prophets. It shows us the unvarnished truth. Noah's drunkenness, Jacob's deception, David's adultery, Peter's denial, Saul's attacks on the first Christians. Every one of the great heroes of the faith had this in common. They were unworthy. They were often catastrophic sinners, redeemed by God's grace. A Christian is unworthy. We do not become Christians by good morality. We're learning all the right answers. We're having spiritual experiences. The church is made up of sinners, of unworthy people who have no right to claim anything from God. You're here this day because you're unworthy. You need forgiveness. You need help. You need to be cleansed and healed. You need to become new and different. Peter is right in seeing himself as unworthy, but he is wrong in thinking that God won't want anything to do with an unworthy man. Precisely for unworthy men, God became man. For unworthy men, God became man. In the hour of darkness and despair, 
in the time when you've messed up and everything is falling to pieces, in the time when you've sinned yet again and you think, I'm no Christian, surely God is done with me now. In those moments, remember what Jesus said to Peter, do not be afraid. At the moment of his greatest realization of unworthiness, Peter was called, follow me. Those same words ring out to you this day, follow me. Jesus says it to you. Peter, James, and John were called after working overtime at their fishing business. Matthew was called while working in the tax office. You were called when you first heard the word, when you were baptized, when someone told you about Jesus. It doesn't need to be a lightning bolt from the sky. The simple word of Jesus, follow me, comes to you regardless of the experience you have at that moment, how mundane it might be. But the call to follow Jesus is not simply something that happens once. It keeps on happening each day. The great Lutheran bishop, Bo Geertz, put it this way. However God calls us, he calls us for this, to be with Jesus and learn from him, to live with Jesus and receive what only he can give, we might not be able to receive everything right from the beginning. That's why we usually say that a disciple is someone who listens to God's word and prays to come to the faith or remain in the faith. The main thing is to stay with Jesus and follow him. He takes care of the rest. You might not understand and comprehend everything at once. You may not even understand the most important things. Peter could hardly have understood what Jesus meant when he said he would be a fisher of men. But Peter trusted in Jesus and followed him. That's what a disciple does. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed Jesus. They abandoned their jobs, their homes, their life. Everything was different now. They're followers of Jesus. By following him, they came under his influence. They learned from him. And that's how it is to be for us disciples of Jesus too. We are to come under the influence of Jesus' words, to consciously want to be more and more his disciple. In the ascension of Jesus, we learn that he fills all things. So we don't have to go to a distant country to find Jesus or become his disciple. But that does not mean we should not follow Jesus as earnestly as Peter, James, and John. We earnestly seek Jesus in his church by listening to his words and staying in communion with him. Being his disciple, following Jesus, means that your life cannot be the same. What areas of your life need to come under the influence of Jesus' words? What areas of your life show that you are being influenced by the devil, the world, your own sinful nature? Pray to the Lord Jesus the words of today's psalm. Teach me your way, O Lord. And when you struggle with besetting sin, remember that the Lord accepted unworthy sinners and cry out, Heal my soul, O Lord, for I have sinned against you. Do not fear, you are his disciple. And again today, he gives you unworthy sinners his forgiveness. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
He who promises it is faithful. He will do it. In the name of Jesus. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We stand for the creed.